Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Power Women in Insurance. I do, I'm nursing a little bit of a cold today, so I do apologize for my rough voice, even though I'm sure you guys are all perfectly used to it by now because I come and go with that. But today I am talking to Rebecca Davis, who is my fellow Texan over here. And I'm really excited to be able to bring her on to Power Women in Insurance. And she actually has one of the coolest titles ever. I know we had Ash Fitz on a couple of weeks ago and she calls herself the Beyonce of insurance. But today we are talking to the Medicare Wonder Woman, who is Rebecca Davis. Wow, the crowds are going wild, Rebecca. Welcome to Power <laughs> Women in Insurance. Well, thank you for that, Teresa. That was amazing. <laughs> I am the Medicare Wonder Woman because I take the wonder out of Medicare. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I think it makes you so unique. I've never heard that before. And I always really want to come up with some, um, you know, something that I can do that would be cool like that, but I've just never been that creative. So I am super hands down, just bowing down over, over the video to you right now, because you have a great niche in that. I'm so excited. So Rebecca, take us back. Let's go ahead and talk about your insurance journey. I've looked a little bit on your Facebook profile. So I know that you are a, a long-term insurance wonder woman. So tell me a little bit about your journey and how you got where you are today. Oh, absolutely. So years ago, um, back in 2012, um, I actually got a job with State Farm. I kind of fell into it wasn't looking for an insurance job, but I just had my son. He was an emergency C-section and I was laid up with him. And at the time I was managing retail stores. And, you know, when you manage chain retail stores, you work late nights, weekends, holidays, because that's the joys of retail. And I had this brand new baby boy who was five pounds and a little premature and just cute as can be. And I'm like, you know what? that's not what I want to do anymore. Right. So while I was on maternity leave, I was looking around and I found a, a job for State Farm. So I interviewed and I got the job pending licensing and I got my licenses and, you know, that's, the rest is kind of history. I mean, that's how I initially got into insurance was a State Farm. I worked there for several years as a captive with one carrier several products, so all different <laughs> kinds of products. Um, but I really got to learn the ropes of insurance and the ins and outs and filing claims and dealing with customers and pivoting and just all different kinds of things. So it's an excellent um, training opportunity. But at one point I decided that this was kind of going nowhere. I wasn't the agency owner. Um, and I honestly didn't really see myself as a state from agency owner. Cause when I, the whole time I was there, I kept gravitating towards the health side of insurance. Okay. Um, and so I decided in 2016, I was going to go independent. And then I had my first open enrollment in 2016 and then um, Cannonball Insurance, which is named after my son, Cannon, 
because he's Love the reason it. why I'm in it. Uh, it was formed and the agency doors officially opened in 2017. So I went from State Farm to independent and now my focus is Medicare and under 65 health and we do some life as well. We still do a little PNC, but I don't really advertise or talk about it. It's more of a convenience factor for our health and Medicare clients. Um, I have the license, so why not? But our main focuses are uh, Medicare and health. Excellent. Excellent. And I love that Cannonball Insurance Solutions. I know everybody can't see. We don't usually publish video. If it ever does get published, y'all have to be able to see her logo behind her. It is um, fabulous. She has just a cannonball with a K-A-N-N-O-N ball, but then it has this great like cannonball with a little uh, fuse at the top of it and um, a great avatar over to the side too. Very, very badass of you. I really love it. It's, well, it's, you should see the YouTube video intros because that comes to life in the oh, YouTube. Really? It, it has a fuse and it blows up and the right. Medicare Wonder Woman comes out. It's so much fun. I love it. I will definitely have to check it out. Everybody, all the listeners out there, y'all have to go check that out on YouTube. So I'm super excited about that. Well, awesome. So tell me what you love about health and Medicare. Tell me what drove you. And you said you kind of gravitated towards that when you were at State Farm. Tell me about why that was so attractive to you and why that's been such a pull. Well, you know, I didn't realize this at the time, but looking back on it, I would have to almost go back 20 years ago to even explain this. Um, in 2001 or 2000, uh, September 2000, um, we moved to Texas. I was in the horse business at the time. I actually showed professionally in the horse circuit. Nice. And I, about three months after we moved here, I had a really bad car wreck. And I broke pretty much everything from my head to my butt. I mean, oh, no. I broke everything. And that pretty much stopped my show career in its tracks. Um, but I had health insurance at the time. And I'm not going to say the name, but it was um, a company that was supposed to be good for self-employed people. It had all these extra benefits and major medical. Well, I ended up in the hospital for quite a while and had a million dollars in hospital debt and they didn't pay one red cent. And I took it to three lawyers. Oh no. And they said, there are so many loopholes in it. There's nothing they could do. So here I was 23 years old, a million dollars in hospital debt. And I actually had to file bankruptcy. So fast forward 20 something wow. years later, I fall into the insurance business because my son, I, because of that experience from then on, I understood health insurance. I, you know, I learned about it. So I'd never be in that position again. Um, I was really picky as a person shopping for health insurance who I went with. And then when I got into the insurance without even realizing I was the same way and I understood health insurance and I understood the carriers and I could see the loopholes in the policy. And I think that's why I just obviously naturally gravitated towards the health because I have been the person that was laid up on the side of the road that thought they were covered and absolutely were not covered. And I'll be damned if any other person I do business with ever is in that position. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love the personal story behind it. Not, not that I love it because the circumstances, because I'm so sorry that that happened for you, but I love the fact that you bring that personal attention, that personal story to what it is that you do. And I'm sure that it helps your clients to really know that you are really their advocate and that you really do, you know, you're not going to put them in a bad in a bad policy. 
You know, I mean, do you do you find that you're do you tell your clients that story quite frequently? And and Not do they pretty love that? I, you know, I really don't get into very often because, um, I mean, it's personal, yes, but that's not yeah. why, because I don't like to come across as a, as a pitch. To me, it's not a pitch. I mean, yeah. it was my life and it's what happened, but I take it to heart when I'm vetting products, you know, and if there's a new product out there or something I've just never heard of, you know, if I, if I vet it and it looks good and if I sell it to somebody, I will warn them that this is a new product in our system. It, it matches the dots, cross the T's, dots the I's. I've spoken to other agents and other carriers, and it seems to be great. But I want to know when you use it. If you go to the doctor, how'd it go? If you had something else, and I want to know all your feedback. And I will tell a client that up front. Now we have lots of clients that are, you know, been vetted for years and great. And sometimes things arise. It happens. They put the wrong billy code on something. You got to make a phone call and fix it. Um, but we deal with reputable insurance companies and pretty much everything is fixable on our end. If something goes wrong on the other end, we can get it fixed for people. And I'm okay with doing that. You know, things happen. Nobody's perfect. No company is perfect, to be quite honest, but they better do what they say they're going to do. And as long as they do that, then we can, you know, work around the rest. Yeah. But, but when I do have a new product I'm working with, one of the first things I'll do, and that's kind of when I will tell them that story a little bit, because I want them to take me to heart when I say, I really want to know when you use this, how it works. I don't want any surprises because if it doesn't work right from the get-go with that person, I'm getting rid of that product so dang fast it'll make the carrier's head spin because I don't want to deal with a product that it's not going to do what they're supposed to do because I've been that person. True, true, absolutely. And just the stress that that would cause. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I know that, I mean, I mainly stick on the personal line side of things, um, but, you know, home and auto and, and in personal, you know, stuff, a little bit of commercial insurance. But I mean, you, you know, just like you said, I don't want to create that situation for my client that they can't get what they've paid for. And I can't even be their advocate in that situation. I mean, that just bothers me. I've got, I picked up one or two companies over the year, not many, but one or two that they just did not deliver what they were supposed to deliver. And we just, we just stopped writing with them. I mean, we, we just refused to be able to put anything else with them. So I think that's awesome. So um, we actually have a mutual friend, shout out directly to Melissa Hall. And um, she is, amazing. she was, she was actually, um, I, one of my, I'm not going to say one of my first podcast people, but um, like, you know, probably right about a year ago, maybe April, May last year. And um, I love her, her energy, her space, her self-confidence. She is amazing. So I wanted to make sure that I thanked her so much for connecting us, but I also wanted to be able to talk about, I know that, you know, you said you've talked with her over the course of, the, of time on, on Facebook groups and things like that. And we talked also about um, the confidence that she just has. She has such great confidence. She has great person. She has great, great personality about her. How have you found that going out on your own has gone as far as um, going from being in a state farm type environment, going out independent and then really opening up your own, your own agency in that way. How have you been able to have the confidence to be able to do that? Because I know a lot of people find that process really, really scary, you know, to just be 100% on your own. What, 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 what process did you go through to be able to come up with that, with that decision and what, and how has that been for you? 
Oh, absolutely. I see it all the time with agents, you know, that confidence level makes such a big difference. And I mean, I was at State Farm for a long time. So I really had the confidence of product knowledge and how to read a product. Um, and I also had been there long enough to know what I was leaving. I wasn't walking away from something that was going to be the rest of my life. I stayed in the industry, but that was I was just going to be doing the same thing every day for the rest of my life if I stayed there for the same yeah. way. Nothing was ever going to grow. There was no real potential any farther there. And so when I left there, I was at first, I was okay with leaving there. And I think that's step one. You have to be okay with the next step you're fixing to do and be okay with the step you're leaving. So I was 100% out the door. I, my mind was made up. I was gone. So step one was already secured. So I had no issues, no remorse for making that decision. So looking forward, it was, I mean, it was exciting. It was a new opportunity. And I focused on the excitement and the new opportunity. I knew I could help people. I just needed to figure out how to get in front of people. Right. And when you know, you can truly help somebody, you know, that's confidence in itself. When I sit down with a client and they tell me, you know, I've just lost my job. I just lost my group insurance. I'm on 20 meds and I'm going to die next month without them. Mm. And I look at them. I'm like, no, you're not. I got you. And right. when you truly know that in yourself, because you know, your products in and out and you know, the circumstances and all the little special loopholes in and out, and you have that confidence to know that you can fix that especially in the health insurance world. That's huge. That's all it takes. If you know you can put somebody in a better position, then you should have your crown on straight and hold your head held high because you've got this and you just need to go do it and don't look back. I love that. I love that. So it, it is, it's, it's really like your mission. It's really like a personal mission for you to be able to really bring excellent coverage and, and go out there and be in the insurance industry out there delivering those great services and be able to go independent and have that control to be able to do that. I think that's awesome. So did you kind of work out of your home for a little while and you have an office space? What does that look like for you? Cause I mean, for me, and I'll just I'll just say for me, we started off with um, a storefront. Like we started off thinking that because um, we had been with Allstate, my dad wanted to go independent, and um, so he's like, you have to have an you have to have a storefront. So I went on out. We spent way too much money on rent, way too much money on rent. Starting off, went with a storefront, and then uh, about five years in, we decided no, we don't really need a storefront. Nobody comes in. We went into an internal office space. Um, so that was okay, but we still had way too much square footage in retrospect. And then, um, then like five years after seven years after that, we downsized. I've been doing this for 18 years. Um, we downsized to a smaller, uh, internal office that we got rid of all the square footage. And now we're kind of in this little corner thing. It's the cutest little thing ever, but it's teeny tiny and like nobody ever comes in, but I've got it all decorated really cute, but I work from home probably 80% of the time. So, um, but you know, I, I have an office just in case I need one, but we don't have a big conference room and we don't have all that. What is it? What advice would you give somebody maybe who wants to go on out and open up an office and be able to kind of grab that 
bull, that, that bull by the horns and go on out there and open their own. Now that you've been in it for a little bit, you can look back, maybe some successes. What are some hurdles maybe that you had to overcome and how, how have you been able to do that? Well, I have a great story for this for you. So when I left State Farm, I did. I went to my kitchen table and did my first open enrollment for my kitchen table. Now, my husband was deployed. He was out in the ocean somewhere on a flat top ship. They didn't let us know those details, but he was gone. And it was just me and my son at the house. And this time, um, Cannon was about four, I think. And um, so kind of juggling his school schedule and then me trying to work from the kitchen table. And for me working from home, the kitchen table, bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) I would sit there during the day and I'd be like, oh God, I need to do laundry. Oh shoot, those dishes are stacking up. Or it'd be a pretty day in the pool, like so inviting. I'd end up in the pool doing anything but what I was supposed to do. And then I found out I got my best work done, like after I put my kid to bed in the evenings. And I'm like, if I stay on this kitchen table, I'm not going to have an insurance agency. So I started looking around locally and I I just needed to get out of the house and I found this tiny little office space inside of a bigger office space so it was a counseling center where there was therapists in there but they had this front office that was open for rent and it was tiny I mean it was like 100 by 100 I mean it was just big enough for me to sit in a desk and like two people to sit there and if they had kids yeah, we were like all sitting on each other's laps. Um, but it had a window to the um, um, local main drag street. It was right on the square. It was really okay. cute. And I was able to put some signage in there. And so I got off my kitchen table into there. And I was there maybe like uh, not quite a year. And while I was in there, I grew so fast. I, ha- I hired my first admin. I couldn't keep up um, to do thank you cards and to just, you know, keep customer files in order. She was part-time, a single mom, and I hired my first admin. And now there was two of us sharing this 100 by 100 office space. And then clients would come in. Oh, it was a joke, you guys. It was, I mean, it was hysterical. And so um, I started looking around from there. And then I rented a space that was about 800 square feet, um, just down the road a few blocks and still in the same drag and it was 800 square feet and then me and my admin moved there and then I had more space and I'm like oh gosh I have room for another agent so I brought in my first LOA and then we were there for two years and with um, her help and then by then I also had downlines and things like that out in the field we were just booming and then another block over and across the street there is this building that needed a remodel job like you can't even imagine it was an eyesore and it was for sale and um my mom was a real estate agent and so we looked at it and i put an offer on it and we ended up getting bought and then my mom passed right in the middle of that so that was hard um but we did get it bought and then we got it fully remodeled and we moved in there and it's four thousand square feet about four thousand square feet yeah so now we, you know, we have four or five people in here. I have room for more. We're going to be adding more, hopefully this year before open enrollment. And I got about 50 downlines out in the field. So, I mean, start small and grow with your business. I mean, you mentioned you guys rented the big expensive office right from the start, you know, 
unless you have the business going to do that, don't put yourself in that space. There's absolutely no shame in renting something very small to get started with. And then just to grow as your business grows. And it's also the safer approach financially. You know, my first office space only cost me $300 a month. That was all bills included. Wow. I mean, that was like one app, you know, if I I couldn't sell one app in a month, I'm in the wrong business to start with, you know? So it was super low overhead. And then as we grew and things evolved, I just grew and evolved the office too. I mean, you just, you know, take it as it comes and, you know, don't overthink it and don't spread yourself too thin when it comes to a budget. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They, they get into this. Oh, I need this because maybe that's what they had at my other job, or maybe that's what Joe down the street told me that I absolutely have to have blank. Right. And, um, I think we really have to be conscious of our starting money and our starting resources. And, um, I think if we're not, it really stresses us out. Like it puts so much extra tension on the process of starting up a business that, it creates more than really needs to be there. And it's almost like just shooting ourselves in the foot as far as I'm concerned. So um, luckily we had a little bit of money in the startup process, but if I could have that money back, I would be so happy right now. (laughs) I would have loved to have had the five years of rent that I paid in that, but I was, you know, not as, um, how do I want to put it? I was not as aware as I am now. And, um, and, and I followed some advice that I wish I would not have done, but you know, hindsight's always 50, 50, but you know, we are 20, whatever. It's always better to be able to look back, whatever (laughs) I'm doing my own thing, but you know, um, so what other types of challenges were juggling? You said your, your husband was deployed. I mean, to be, I mean, not a single mom, but almost a single mom to a large degree, being able to do all of that and get your business up and running. I bet that was challenging. It was. I mean, literally I wasn't a single mom, but I might as well have been. Absolutely. Right. There is nobody else right. in the house. You know, I was juggling everything. And when I left State Farm, I left an income. So we went from a two income household to a one income household. And so we had to, and that's part of the reason, you know, why I could only start in a small office space because I knew I had to support it. His income was going towards the bills and there was nothing left at the end of the day. So I had to start very consciously and budget friendly. And the other thing a lot of people do when they're early on, you know, everybody tells them, well, you need to buy leads you need to spend, you know, X amount of dollars every month buying leads and then sell those leads and then buy more leads. Well, I work leads at State they weren't very good most of the time right. and I didn't have to pay for them. <laughs> um, so buying leads at the time just sounded like a crazy thing to do. So 
I actually did got very much involved in the community and with grassroots marketing and then also leveraged the carriers to do mail drops on my behalf where I wasn't spending any money. You know, I'd spend a little money for an event, you know, maybe 50, a hundred bucks and meet a bunch of people at an event versus spending a thousand dollars for a mail drop where I got four leads. Um, so I really developed and got really big into the grassroots marketing, the kind of the down home nitty gritty in your neighborhood kind of marketing. And I actually built my entire business on that. I've only started buying leads probably in the last year. And wow. that's really because we're at this kind of growing portion. We're going nationwide now. I can't do grassroots marketing in, you know, Utah. North, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I live in Texas. It's not going to happen. So right. I got to come up with other avenues. So now I'm getting into the leads and I've also got this, um, downline and these agents I got to support too. So we're getting more involved in the leads, but I built my initial organization strictly on grassroots and leveraging the carriers. And it can be done very well with minimum um, money spent, but it's sweat equity instead of financial equity. You know, you got to be willing to spend the time to seek those resources out, to go sit at those events, to go to those senior centers, to go visit with the doctor's offices, to go visit the all states and the state farms of the world because they don't do health insurance for the most part and tell them how you can help their people. I mean, so it takes a different kind of equity or financial equity. I mean, it's sweat equity, but I had all that I, I could get. I mean, I wasn't having to attend to a husband. He was deployed. My son, I had him in school, like a daycare school thing. So while he was at school, I had all the time in the world to do that if I wasn't sitting with a client right then. And to me, that was better use of my time and better use of our money. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you you put that investment into your business, you know, rather than you know, just on the phone or like you said, some of those other techniques that other people might use, which are, there's nothing wrong with those, but being able to really connect with your clients, I'm sure too, it's helped you with having a really stable book and people who've stayed with you. Oh yes. It definitely helps on the retention side. Our retention is really great. I mean, now somebody can even just breathe health insurance in a local Facebook group. And there's, you know, a hundred people telling them to come talk to us. I don't even have to do it anymore because we have so many people in the community that, you know, we've worked with and helped and they love us that they do half the legwork for us nowadays. And we don't even have to go out of the office. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Now tell me a little bit about going nationwide. That sounds like a really big project on your end. Tell me what that looks like for you and uh, maybe some challenges that came along with that and how you've overcome those. Oh, there is definitely challenges and I'm still figuring some of them out. Um, we are, I think we're at about 27 states now at this wow. beginning of the year, I was like at 10. So I'm adding states. I plan to be fully nationwide by open enrollment this year. I'm just not going to write a check for 10 grand all at once. I just don't do things like that. Right. <laughs> and as I can tell from the way I've built to this point, that's not going to happen for me. Um, but we've been adding them as we've been meeting people and getting clients or bringing on agents in other states. Um, if we get an agent interested and they want to come on board and they're in a different state we don't have, we add that state immediately, you know, to, and start working in that state. But one of the things that really started pushing me to nationwide, not only was building the team out, but I started utilizing TikTok. Um, last, <laughs> TikTok. Fall. <laughs> last fall. And I, you know, 
just, you know, just right during open enrollment, I started with it, playing with it. And I was starting to get all these people reaching out to me from all over the U.S. that were desperately needing help, that there was nobody in their area that helped. They didn't know what to do. You know, their parents were making $800 a month, but yet their supplement was $400 a month and they had no idea they qualified for extra help and things like that. And, you know, that was a big component to us going nationwide because I'd got leads in Alaska. I got leads in, you know, Colorado and Oregon, um, Hawaii. I mean, so and then I would reach out to some of my agent friends because it's the middle of open enrollment. I can't get all that put together in the middle of open enrollment if it was an oddball. So I'd reach out to an agent friend and be like, hey, are you in this state? And if they were, and I trusted them, I'd pass the lead on to them so they could make sure these people got helped. But then I also discovered a lot of these oddball states, I didn't have any Asian friends that were in there either. <laughs> so I had nowhere to go with this. And I'm like, well, that's a problem. You know, so we decided just to go ahead and kind of bite the bullet and decide, you know, our goal by the end of 2021 was to be a nationwide company. Wow. Wow. I think that's fabulous. So um, as far as what that process would look like, do you have to get non-resident licenses in every single state, don't you? Yes, I have to get it for myself and for the agency. And then um, for any agent that actually wants to work in those states too, they have to get their license as well. And then we also have to submit it to the carrier and the carrier has to get us our contract for that state. Now for most carriers, it's not a big deal, but then for some carriers, um, they're blue, I'll just say that, they have like a different contract in every state. Yeah, That's a nightmare. I can't just sign one contract and check all the states off. I literally have to submit a different contract contract for every state. And that's been a very big challenge. And I mean, even for us, we're struggling like, well, did I submit that contract or not? Do I have it? Oh my gosh, what do I have? I mean, it's so hard to keep track of the contracting. Um, That's probably one of the biggest challenges. And we're trying to right now, we're in the middle of developing something to truly accurately track states and the contracts I have in each state and which team members in that state, you know, (laughs) what they have. I mean, that's right now is a huge challenge for us so if you've been there and you've got an awesome program let me know (laughs) wow wow yeah that sounds like it would be really really challenging I mean you know and I'm only in Texas so I'm not anywhere else but I've I've looked into going into other states and I've looked into that process and I you know and then when you talk about the ENO and then every single state and then you talk about all these other things I just haven't done it because I haven't needed to but at the same point um, Texas has, you know, problems with loss ratios and things like that, especially in the Dallas Fort Worth area. We have a lot of hail and a lot of those things on the property side. I would love to round out our book in a different state and be able to, to kind of do some of that. But it's simultaneously, the conversation is that's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) And every state has their own set of rules. I remember when I went into California trying to get the agency, like I couldn't use my agency name. They declined it. I rewrote it like four different ways. They declined it every time. And then I finally got somebody on the phone. I'm like, why are they declining it? Surely you do not have another cannonball spelt with a K in the state of California. They're like, oh no, we don't. They're like, like, the problem is your second word is insurance. So for anybody that wants to get their license in California with an agency, your second word cannot be insurance or things of that nature. So I had to stick another word in there. So in California, we're actually known as cannonball 
health insurance solutions. I could throw the health in there and separate, but the insurance cannot be the second word of the name. I mean, just crazy things like that, that you'll learn along the way. And here I was going for like two months back and forth with them trying to figure out why in the world, what was the whole thing? Yeah. Wow. So what'd you do? Have to call them and just set on hold? Is that what you Yeah, I, I talked to somebody. I finally got a hold of somebody out there and she was very nice. And she's like, yeah, well, this is why. And I'm like, why couldn't they just said that in the first email when they declined? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. What a crazy situation. What a crazy situation. Well, you know, so it, what is probably if somebody came to you, and ask you for your biggest lesson in this industry, something maybe that has just really um, impacted you about this industry and or about your journey in it. What is something maybe that you would give advice to or something that you would say to somebody maybe who's coming up behind you um, in the Medicare arena or health insurance? And for you as, of course, the, 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 the Medicare Wonder Woman, what would you go ahead and give them advice for so that they could be really, really successful? Well, something I've really been implementing lately, and I've talked about it in some other places, I actually heard it at another conference last year. Um, The the gentleman on stage was talking about building your huddle. And that really hit home for me. And I have really focused on what that means and how that can really launch a person into the next level. And, you know, your huddle, you know, it's the people that you surround yourself with that not only build you up, but also can, you can lean on for advice or can give you pointers or, you know, can tell you, wait a minute, girlfriend, that ain't right. You know, I'm willing to stand up to you. You know, your obvious people are always usually your family. Um, not always, but usually are your family, you know, your initial, but you know, you have to find peers, I believe it, not only in maybe in this organization or other organizations like it, whether it's in the financial world or things like that, that have similar experiences that you can really align yourself with and you can trust because there is a bunch of amazing people in this industry that you can full-heartedly trust, but then there's a bunch of not so amazing people in this industry that you need to learn to run from. So, you know, build that group of people because that group of people, when you need them, it's going to mean the world to you when they're there and you can trust them and they can see your vision because either A, they've done it, or B, they're right behind you or right alongside of you trying to build the same vision. And I think a lot of times we look at each other as competitors when we're really, we're not. There are so many people out there that need insurance. There's more than any one of us can ever handle. We need to quit looking at each other as competitors and team and start looking at each other as teammates, even if we're not on the same team, because we can learn so much from each other. So when you meet a good agent or find a good person, don't be afraid to have a conversation with them and pick their brain. And, you know, in return, when you get successful and down the road, you reciprocate that to another agent. You know, you be that person that they can come talk to and not be slimy about it. You know, I didn't learn that or meet these people until I'd been in business a couple of years. And I know if I had met other agents like Melissa, you mentioned, you know, sooner and was able to have these you know, bigger, brighter conversations with somebody that's a like-minded thinker. 
I would have exploded that much sooner. Even as as fast as I was growing, I still would have grew faster. I really believe that. And I also wouldn't have been as nervous at times about growing and expanding because somebody else had already been through it and they could be like, girlfriend, just do it. Yeah. You've, you've got this, just do it. You got, you got all the resources at your fingertips. Don't be afraid. You know, we talked about that earlier and this is part of, you know, keep moving forward one foot in front of the other. It doesn't matter how fast your pace is, you know, you may be a little slower, but as long as you're moving forward, you're going to grow. And then, you know, I'm telling you, if you build that huddle, you're going to be running and you're not going to be able to keep up with your growth it's it's ever changing and it's been so fun to meet people like that in the industry and watch them grow as well especially when they're kind of like right at the same level you are there's uh, three women right now that we're we're talking almost daily like in facebook just back and forth they're in different parts of the world and we're all kind of in the same area of our business and we're all about the same age and we have the family issues and the business issues and we can vent to each other and we can share ideas I mean, it's wonderful. Don't be afraid of that. Other agents can be, they're not competitors unless you make them that way. True, true, true. And I always say that we live, you know, we live in such a great country, you know, and we are so many people in it, you know, I mean, there are so many people (laughs) in this country, you know, we're not in competition with each other. We're really not. We're all, we need to be here so everybody can succeed. And, and I love your word huddle. I love that. I think that is fabulous. Well, it's not my initial word, but I did steal it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. You know what? You've made it yours and you've made it really, really work well for you. So that's what's really important and and inspire you. It's become your word, you know, And, and I really like that. Rebecca, you have been amazing today. Thank you so much for your wisdom and for your information about being able to grow and be inspirational to other women out there, because that's exactly what we do on this podcast. So you have been perfect. If people want to reach out to you, get a little bit more information, pick your brain, you know, be able to learn from you. How would you like for them to reach out to you? Oh gosh, I can be found on so many places. If you're a woman and you want to, you know, get with other like-minded women, I have a fantastic group. It's www.clubwin.com. It is a group, a training group, Um, but you can find me personally all over Facebook, Rebecca Davis, the Medicare Wonder Woman, Cannonball Insurance. I'm also run um, the Facebook group, Medicareville, and we talk about Medicare health insurance and some life insurance um it's a uh, open group for all agents um but and then the club win for the women or just find me i'm there all my stuff's public you can find me i'm easy <laughs> Love it. google me i'll come up Absolutely. well everybody this has been rebecca davis and she is the medicare wonder woman and she has been amazing and fabulous today And if you want to be able to learn about other amazing and fabulous women and their insurance journey from, you know, starting off to being able to achieve the awesomeness and their magic secrets every single week on Wednesday, we do publish a new podcast. We are on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on every single platform, wherever you are, we are. So we would love for you to be able to follow us. Make sure you subscribe. We would love your reviews of the podcast. Tell us about what you think. What do you want to hear? What do you want to experience? And if you know of other amazing power women in insurance, 
please connect them to me. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Just look up Power Women in Insurance and you can find me very easily. My name is Teresa Kitchens and I greatly appreciate your time this week. And together we are going to support women and increase the number of women in the insurance space and increase the impact that we have as well inside of the insurance space. Everybody have a great week.